Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Go right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. You know, this week is a week that I usually say, eh, I'm not that excited about it. And then when it gets here, I'm really excited about it. We got the end of the spring game to cover. And spring football's over. We got the spring game to cover this week. And the NFL draft is this week. We'll talk more draft next week after we figure out where these now lifetime Longhorns are headed. Uh, as many as six could get taken this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that, but a lot of spring game here on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team because we don't have a lot of time to waste. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. No longer the man behind the glass, but the man that sits to my right here on the show. He is at the controls, and if it were not for him, this show would be terrible. <laughs> Matt Butler. Matt, what's going on, man? Well, thank you very much for the compliments, but enjoyed the uh, weekend. Got to go see Willie Nelson this weekend, which was man. awesome. And he got he uh, sung the eyes of Texas for the whole crowd. It was pretty cool. So Fourth I heard. Weekend, huh? Yep. Why he was in you, town, white a, water you, amphitheater. Did you get a video of that? Yes, it's on it. Check okay. Butler and Austin Instagram, Boom. and you can watch the full minute of Willie singing Boom. Eyes of Texas. Okay, that's all I want to know. Yes. I'm on it right now. But I'm doing well to answer your question, other than a damn sinus infection, but that's sort of par for the course. Yeah, I believe we're all day-to-day in that regard. You <laughs> see. Uh, a man who is day-to-day, he, he enjoys him some Willie Nelson because he's that cultured. Uh, he's our renaissance man here on the show. He's also... Our lockdown corner, lifetime longhorn, 2002 UT All American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas at a 40 acres where he earned his degree. If he knew where his T ring was, he would wear it proudly, I'm sure. <laughs> Nevertheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Thank Rod, intro, brother. Um, I want to go back because this is it. 15 years ago, yeah, you were selected in the fourth round. 123rd overall, brother. By the New York Football Giants. What do you remember about just the draft process? Uh, well, I watched most of the draft, and like every player who's not drafted, I don't know, in the top 15, you grow frustrated with the draft. You know what I mean? Like, what did, it's like, basically, if you're not drafted in like the top 10, every player's like, man, I watched the draft, and it was, it was, it was, it tormented me to see right. all these guys drafted above me. It's like, well, actually, now every player has that same experience. Right? You yeah. know what I mean? So, <laughs> that's just the way it goes, unless you're one of the high draft picks. So, yeah, I felt disrespected because I saw all these cornerbacks going drafted before me. I thought I was better then. And and uh, in the fourth round, I want to say I stopped watching for a while and I got a call from a New York number, was the Giants. Uh, they hit me up and said, hey, we're drafting you. And I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, I'll go watch the TV. I was watching it in my room at home by myself because I had grown a little frustrated with the process because they don't know where you're going to be drafted. They right. say they told me third you know, to like fifth round. I mean, so I you're talking a hundred pick range. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> man, two I days. Mean, like I, I, I thought that was too low. Everybody thinks they're being drafted too low. That's kind of the things that makes right. you a great competitor. And that was back whenever it was just the two day draft. Whenever, so then I you know, did right? third now, round was a big deal, and then you yeah. had to sleep on it all night. Yeah, it now it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> back in my day, yeah. we only drafted for two days. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, point. do you remember what did you wear on draft day? Because we have like a I encyclopedic I knowledge. So no. No rich white man had, no, had been man, retired. Nothing like that. Yes. I wanted to be low-key because I was humble about the process. I, like I, it. I had enough people tell me that. I had enough n- nightmare stories from other guys who thought they were going to get drafted mm-hmm. this place and, and they dropped in the draft to know – just go home and hang out with your family and watch it. You know what I mean? But I was still hoping I would get drafted higher, of course. Uh, but now, looking back at it, there were so many great players drafted behind me. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, why the hell did they draft me there? That's crazy. You know, <laughs> now looking back at my career, I'm like, that was stupid. They shouldn't have drafted me that high. You know what I mean? So the, the draft is just, a, it is basically a lottery. Nobody has any idea 
who is going to work out. That's the whole point of it. And in and, and a lottery, the only way you can win a lottery is to buy lottery tickets. The more lottery tickets you buy, the higher your chances for success. That's the NFL draft. That's why you want to stockpile picks. That's why the Cleveland Browns own this draft. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's all about how many picks you have. Nobody has any idea who's going to work out. You think they, Asante Samuel was drafted behind me. You think they figured out, oh, Rod Babers is a better player than Asante Actually, Samuel. he was three picks before you. Oh, he's three picks before me. Okay, so yeah, Asante Samuel. Three picks before Wait, me. You're like one, you were 123 just uh, a few years before. Yeah, Tom so, Brady was 199. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things. It's just a freaking toss-up. You have no idea. So many factors. There mm-hmm. are more factors that contribute to players um, underachieving than the factors that will contribute to success. You know what I mean? There's more going against those players who are being drafted than are helping them boost them to success. So you just have no idea, right? We're going to have six players, six quarterbacks potentially drafted in this draft. Chances are only two of those guys will work out. And it's only because of the desperation with the position, knowing how key it is. So that position is going to be overdrafted, which will cause then other ones to be underdrafted. And it it all sort of creates itself that you – you put it the best way with the analogy of being the lottery it's tickets, lottery. and if you can go and find yourself a three-year pocket where you can saturate that, the same way for all the way back to the you know Jimmy Johnson Cowboys to what you see the tanking teams do now, at least you can get that number and build that core real quick. It's like getting a top recruiting class in theory. Yeah. Rod, do you realize you were part of a draft for the Giants that helped them win a Super Bowl? A few years later, and kicked uh, out a white corner. This is true. They had the, the two thousand. Yeah, the first their first round pick was a bust. Got Willie Joseph, who's yeah, a really good defensive Miami, lineman out of Miami. D tackle. Yeah, that was a bust. Second round pick, OC Umanura. OC was a beast. Third round pick was Vasante Shanko, who ended up being a really good tight end in the league. I forgot about that dude. Rod B, you go in the fourth round. Yeah. David Deal taken in the fifth round. Who played for them for a long time. Isn't he the son-in-law or is that Snee? I think that's think Coughlin, yeah. And then you go down, look in the sixth round. David Tyree was in the David same Tyree. Giants draft I remember class David Tyree took me to get my first haircut with the Giants. <laughs> took me to Jersey uh, to get to get a haircut, and me, me and David Tyree hung out a ton. Had That's a good awesome. Time. Really? He was a good dude, man. So, yeah, what yeah, was yeah. your reaction when um, you saw him do that against the Patriots with the helmet on the hat? Like, uh, we're like, my God, that's Tyree. It was. It, it's. It kind of really does embody and epitomize his draft status yeah. and his career and everything. It's perfect. It was just. You know, I'm not saying it was dumb luck, but it was that one play that he was the best player on that play. Yeah. But is he going to be the best player all throughout 60, 70 plays in a game? Probably right. not. But that one play, hmm. he was the best player. Preparation right. made up the biggest play of the game. He's one of he's one of those because he was out of the league. I think at two years after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the NFL in a nutshell. <laughs> like that is it. That's the draft in a nutshell. David Tyree, what your sixth round pick ends up being your Super Bowl hero. Oh, he's off the team in three years. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I gotta help you win a Super Bowl. Oh, he's off the team. You know what I mean? That's just the that's the way the NFL works. That's the yeah. draft. That's all of it. One other thing on the draft, Rod. I want to find the quote here if I can find it. Uh, I found a story from the New York Daily News. Your draft weekend, hmm. and uh, it was Ernie Acorsi talking about the draft picks, and I've got to find this. I'm trying to see. Uh, yeah, okay, this is uh, on Rod. I just want to read, run down what they said about you when you were picked. Uh, this is Roderick <laughs> Babers, cornerback from Texas, Vitals 5'9", 192. Why him with Jason Seahorn gone? The Giants want competition for Ralph Brown at nickelback. A little small. I remember oh, Ralph Brown. Yeah. A, li- a little Sounds small. Like a fake football player. A little yeah. small, but makes up for it with good speed. And this is Ernie Acorsi's quote on you, Rod, when he drafted you. The only thing that kept Babers from being a higher pick is his height. He's got everything else. Yeah. There you go. No, no, that, no. I I, uh, I agree with that actually. Hmm? Uh, but yeah, you just never know, like the injuries that you know, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like you just never know how somebody's career is going right. to work out. So. But, Blame gravity. I still feel bad about Jason Seahorn being the last white cornerback, and they drafted me to you replace him. You made something I was go extinct. Worthy of they even gave you his number. Being, I was. I don't think I was worthy of the total. Like you know, yeah. You know, basically the uh, the extinction of the white cornerback. That's one of the coolest. Of that. You can I win that bar bet. Guy, they'd be like, man, that guy was drafted, and the white cornerback was dead. Like the Rod Babers was drafted. To basically lead to the extinction of the white. Like if Asante Samuel falls to the Giants and they take him, then it's it's cool. Okay, you know what I mean yeah, exactly. But Rod Baker was like that guy. I, I disappeared too. The white cornerback should still be alive. Yeah, you it. literally could and go I to bars him. across the I country and just say, you know, "I'm the reason that the white cornerbacks went extinct, and him. nobody like, will believe you. They'll think 
about, you, you're a crazy person. Think about in the the pol- the, the politically polarizing uh, environment we live in today. I go out there with that, that and I become known for that. Then I got to pick a side. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, okay. I mean, there you go. Um, let's but go. Black, uh, white corners matter too. Black let's corners go. matter. They all all cornerbacks uh, matter. Is any other <laughs> position <laughs> extinct? There's one black punter still. So with, when punter, when Marcus right. King Hell, yeah. goes away, that's then true. there may be that extinction. Be in trouble. Uh, yeah, it was Reggie Roby for maybe long ball. Reggie Roby, yeah, black yeah. punter. That's a great game. Black yeah. punters, white cornerbacks. <laughs> <laughs> like, Try. You, know, you give out like certain like. Uh, I think we've clues already about them, and you're like, ooh, Justin Zehorn. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, any, Tom any Landry, like yeah. I don't even you know where to go. Back to the 60s, and yeah, it's like Landry. To go back man. to the white quarterback. Reggie like, Roby was awesome, in and tech. I don't think there are any other black punters. I'm sorry. Reggie like, Roby was awesome at Tecmo Super Bowl. Whenever you did have to punt in that game. Um, Rod, I want to talk about the draft real quick don't want to spend too much time on it uh you start looking at the projections it seems like everything is starting to make sense in terms of where these guys are going to go uh connor williams late first early second round seems to really be the projection for him right now mm-hmm. we've talked about it mostly because teams don't know if he's a tackle is he a guard when i talked to mike mayock at pro day he said look it just depends on who drafts him but whoever drafts him is getting a, a versatile chest piece that could fill any of those five positions yeah. for you up front, Malik Jefferson's grade, or where he's not grade, but the the projection for him, it sounds like anywhere from like late second to maybe early fourth. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of all over the board for Malik Jefferson. Deshaun Elliott really seemed to be in that fourth round range. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. The Dallas Cowboys, and I say this as an unabashed Cowboys fan, by the end go. of the weekend could end up with a Texas Longhorn in their safety room. Rumor is they really like Deshaun Elliott in the fourth round to possibly yeah. draft him. And there's also plenty of rumor and innuendo coming out of the Metroplex that the Cowboys mm-hmm. are trying to swing a deal mm-hmm. with the Seahawks yeah. to get Earl Thomas. Yeah, I saw oh, yeah. that. Yeah. I did see the Earl Thomas thing. My It's been out there for a while. I'm not with... sure if they're gonna be able to pay Earl Thomas wants to be the highest paid safety in the NFL and he also, you know, he yeah. when that he wants that brand new contract. Earl Thomas is approaching twenty nine. I think he is 29. He is 29 right now, yes. It'd be a very Jerry Jonesy deal 2007. It would be. I I still think Earl Thomas is a top three safety in the league. So, actually, you're still getting the deal. But do you want how much you're going to pay for – the do you future. pay for potential, or yeah, are you paying for performance and production right now? Right. That's one of the things Jerry Jones has got to figure out. You just invested in the secondary last year with a ton of picks. You drafted Chidobe Awuza, you drafted him, you drafted Jordan Lewis, you drafted Xavier Woods. All those guys actually been huge for you. Just them. picked up Byron but, Jones' fifth-year option. And then he's going to play cornerback, now they're going to move him. So you do need safety help, but is it better to just draft a young safety right. like you did last year, cheaper, uh, more affordable, rather than go sign Earl Thomas to be, and give up draft capital mm-hmm. to make Earl Thomas the highest paced safety in the league. And it's, it sounds like the, that. if he's that final and piece, to, and if yeah. he's that final piece to tie it together, you could see maybe understanding, maybe overpaying for. Yeah, you're still what, thinking your secondary. Yeah, you exactly. just moved Byron Jones back to cornerback. So right now, I don't know how well it just would. Just got all a new fit. DB coach and Chris Richard. Yeah, and it sounds like it sounds like for the reason you Earl mentioned, Thomas. Rod, because the word is Earl Thomas wants Eric Berry money. Um, oh, yeah, he wants to be the highest paid safety uh, in the league. The Cowboys might, because of salary cap structure, they might have to look at giving up draft now, picks next year. Now, to here's, this the work. Here's, that's the, here's the thing. Here's uh, the storyline, like the down little storyline about that. Is Rod Marinelli going to be the defensive coordinator next year and the year after? Yeah, because if know. he's not, I, the word on the street is Chris Richard is going to get that duty as the defensive coordinator. Now, is Makes he going to change the defensive uh, blueprint and change the entire uh, defensive strategy. And if he does, maybe he's saying, "Hey, I want Earl Thomas because if I can, if I can have Earl Thomas, he is the key piece to me giving you uh, a, a replicating to what the Seattle Seahawks did right. in a defense. I can do that if I have that invaluable piece, a guy with the most range of any safety in the league. You give me that, I'll give you Seattle Seahawks defense from you know 2000." 13, 14, that kind of thing. Right. When they're in their prime. So that's I think that's what they're going. If that is if Earl Thomas comes, I think that is the case. And Rob Marinelli, this is his last year, maybe he's on his way out. So we'll see if one of those if Earl Thomas or Deshaun Elliott, if one of those guys is yeah. uh with the Cowboys by the end of the weekend. Um Puna Ford, Rod, it sounds like he's definitely gonna get drafted anywhere from like late fifth to the sixth round. 
for Puna Ford. He deserves uh, Michael Dixon likely to get taken somewhere. I've seen Mox have him going as high as the early fourth round. Nice. Um, Maybe I can believe that. Yeah. He's the best punter in the country. He's the best punter in that college football it, I've seen the last five years. I was about to say, he's like one of the best yeah. punting prospects you've ever seen. Exactly. Like, when it's you add his team, athleticism in there. It's yeah. going to be a team that, uh, A, has a punter need, and B, has – a lot of draft picks probably on that third day. If you've got like multiple fours, multiple fives, you can go. You can go spend one on a punter. And, and the latest mock I saw had Michael Dixon going to the Ravens, which would be nice with Michael Dixon and Justin mm. Tucker handling the kicking. Well, game that makes sense. Yes, John Harbaugh's a special teams coach, right? Exactly. Yeah, you know I mean? And <laughs> Tucker yeah. endorsed. Yeah, that'd be awesome there to see go. them two together like right? that. That pretty insane. But when you look at just like where he could end up landing a spot, actually, I think that when you look at most rosters, you might not even need a punter for him because he's a guy that's going to come in on that rookie contract, even though it will be a higher scale for a punter right. it's still bare bones cheap in way that we saw him flip the field position if pros think that he can do the same thing in i mean that's one of the most yep. undervalued areas Absolutely. if you look in lots in the just, entire just, nfl yeah, so if you're yardage. getting 10 to yeah. 20 yards you know yeah. difference from you and some replacement yeah. punter the same way you have a wins above replacement Agreed. in baseball if you do that with punting yeah. and dixon he could go, come in and be as impactful of a punter in the entire league and it can immediate impact yes not, not, you gotta and he's getting paid a rookie contract like so yeah. then you're getting rid of yeah. some old I punter yeah i would definitely if I have a good defense, I'm rolling the dice on that dude. Yeah. If I got a good defense, I'm rolling the dice. And you don't have a sp- right. like you, you you're at a landing spot yeah. where nobody else stands out. It's like no, that's a good position. That's where good teams just take the best available for the upgrade. Real Agreed. quick, because we got to get to the spring game, Rod. The guy whose projection seems to be all over the map is Holton Hill. Yeah. Because scouts and front office guys, they love him. Aside from the red flags, they are intrigued by. The natural ability. Yep. Everybody, you know, you read Mike Mayock or Todd McShay or oh, whatever. Everybody's looking for long press corners in football now. Holton Hill fits the fits the mold of what they're looking for. You know, I heard Todd McShay on a conference call last week say Holton Hill could sneak into the late second round if he somebody could. if somebody falls in love. I, with I, him. I was talking to Shanahan this weekend. He was in town for the Mac Brown dedication and you know for Mac Brown celebrating going to the College Football Hall of Fame, and all the guys were back in town. I talked to Shanahan about the draft for about 10 minutes. We don't talk a lot of ball. We hang out. We just kick it. But first name he brought up was Holton Hill. And <laughs> literally, basically, you know, what you he, think? he basically see, he, he's like, yeah, the decision that we would have to make is um, the risk because now we got a guy, Ruben Foster, who's dealing with his own issues because we rolled the dice on him. Yeah, and and those, yeah. Pr- those, you know, those charges are proven to be true. Then we, we might have to cut ties with him. We cut ties with him. Then – you know, we can't bring in another. It would be tough mm. for us to justify a guy with known guy red flags, with yeah. known red flags, off the field issues, who also ends up, you know, making irresponsible decisions after we draft him. So he was like, "Yeah." So now we at, at just throwing you throwing out there what teams are thinking about from their own perspective of drafting a guy like Cone Hill. He is high on a lot. That was the first name Shanahan mentioned when I brought up. I That's said, "Man, think about these long ones coming out." He's like, "Man." Holton Hill, man, upset he's got, you know, red flags out there because, you know, and then he brought up Ruin Foster and started going off about that. So I I do, I think that a lot of, I think you may be, other than Connor Williams, there are probably more teams interested in Holton Hill than any other prospect coming out from the 40 acres. Yeah, and and Rod, you said it for a long, you said it for a long time now because obviously you being a Lamar guy, you've known about Holton Hill for a long time, but... The comparisons to Richard Sherman had been there since he was in high school. Since and, he was coming out of high school, people see, were making that comparison. You know, he ran like right. I think it was man. You want to? You yeah. might want to pull this up. Mm-hmm. I think his forty time with the combine was right around like it was. four five flat or four four nine. Right, right, Richard Sherman's. Was. And at his size, with his length. That's right. That's right. That's in that a four sweet four. spot. Oh, I yeah. actually that's a, did that's that. a mid four four. You were out, and I compared Richard's measurables to okay. him on that podcast, and they the were right there. They had him at a four four nine. I think four four nine. Yeah, at a four four so, nine, a four five one, or something. Yeah, like that. so it's it's four, right four nine official. Yeah, it's yeah so, there you go. So that's a four. When a guy's long as he is, that four four nine turns into a four four five. Right, like you know, what I mean, just so you know how scouts think. So it it wouldn't be a it, it wouldn't be a complete yes. shock to see Holton Hill go on day two, even though the red flags might suggest that he's probably Agreed. day three. Because pick. the red flag is marijuana, and let's be honest about this too: the national conversation about marijuana has changed. All right, well, so and I was just about to ask when Shanahan brought yeah, that up. You got when, ten states that have recreation. California is one of them. All right, that have recreational marijuana that is legal, and others who have I think twenty. I don't know, is it twenty eight? Something like that. I don't know. Medicinal 
medical marijuana legal. So the conversation about marijuana is not as stigmatized as it used to be. Right. So I think that will help Houghton Hill because the oh, world yeah. in the street is the reason he was suspended is because he would fail marijuana tests. But he's still irresponsible. Yeah. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's what I talked about mm-hmm. with Shannon. I was like, yeah, he's still irresponsible because, hey, yes, even though we not we don't view marijuana as, as negatively as we used to as a country, we still have laws in place and rules in place you that you to need to follow. follow. Yeah. And he wasn't he was unwilling to follow those because he put marijuana maybe above his team, if that is all true, allegedly, whatever. Mm. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's more, the court. Before we move on, more pertinent, Rod, would probably be when the next CBA is up, where does that fall? Because that's one thing you hear is. is that's gonna be it's gonna be on the table at it least. It is. And you know what? I the owners are so brilliant because they're going to bring that up. They're going to use that as one of the chips to play in the negotiation when right. it really shouldn't be. Right. What really should be is long-term health care, more guaranteed contracts, more guaranteed money within the contracts. That should be what's really on the table. But the owners are so sick of me like, you guys want to smoke some weed? <laughs> we may take it out. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be like the big thing. Right. It's gonna be, right. Oh, really? And the guys are going to go, yeah, we want to smoke some weed. And you know what? It's good for the guys because it. I heard a head coach tell me he would rather his guys smoke weed than drink alcohol all the time like yeah. he said, rather than yeah. any day of the week so okay let's go ahead and get to the spring game uh by the way if you want more draft from rod or whatever uh nfl talk rod's talking pop culture it's it's a it's a fascinating yeah. listen uh rod sometimes i listen to your show man and i forget that i'm listening to you on the air because i just get so enthralled in the conversation you talking you were talking about uh well i was driving home a few weeks ago from a meeting and you were talking about i think Patriots quarterback situation. Oh yeah, and then possibly moving up to draft a quarterback yeah, and that whole deal. Yeah, and the Brady Belichick split. And yeah. I was like fascinated. I was like, wow, I forget that I'm listening to Rod for a I minute. I appreciate that, brother. Um, a lot to me. But let's okay. go ahead and talk spring game. And let's do it. We, we've got the next several weeks to break this thing down, and we mm-hmm. will. But today, I wanted to make sure today we hit a couple of things. Number one, nothing shocked me, and I don't know if this is because I've gotten to see the team through bits of just about every practice. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple who weren't allowed into it all, but you know, and, and you're not seeing any scrimmage situations, but you're seeing enough bits and pieces to kind of draw your own conclusions. I didn't see anything that shocked me like negatively. Yeah, um, that's a I, great. I, I'm glad you said it because I got this. I got a similar take. I, I I think though, Rob, the one thing that that maybe impressed me more than anything is that when you consider the teams were split and you consider you couldn't field a number one defense even if you wanted to with Chris Nelson, Gary Johnson, and P.J. Locke, the central nervous system of your defense, not available to play. I was very pleased with the fact that this defense, and it shouldn't be a shock because I see them do so much fundamentals in practice with the cross the bow tackling is a big thing for Todd Orlando and coming to balance and space. Rod, this is a very good, fundamentally sound, good tackling, hard-hitting defense, at least from the sample we got in the spring game. And I think if you're a Texas fan, if you take one thing from that game, that's what you take to the bank that, yes, regardless of the personnel, that mentality, those attention to details on defense, that's going to carry over. I don't think we learned anything in the spring game that we didn't already assume. Not yeah. one damn thing. Right. Offensive line, work in progress. Yep. Wide receiver, deepest position on the team. Mm-hmm. And probably the most talented position on the team. If overall. everything clicks, if absolutely. Everything clicks, yes. right? Lil Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, two guys basically we've said before, you gotta find a way to get those guys the ball. They're the badasses of yep. the group, right? right. Lil Jordan Humphrey, you gotta move him around, you gotta put him in different places to 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 maximize his skill set. Todd Herman says after the game oh sorry, Tom Herman. Todd Herman. Tom mm. Herman says after the game that Oh, you know what? Those guys. It should be Todd. Todd Herman. That should mm. be the new love, love name kidding. for Offense Todd Orlando and Tom symbiotic. Herman. Todd Herman. Boom. That's when Texas is going to hit its pinnacle. All mm-hmm. right. It's like Bradgelina and all that kind of stuff. But my point is. We we saw Lil Jordan Humphrey move around. We saw him in the slot. Saw him outside. Saw him in the backfield. Tom Herman says he's the most versatile offensive weapon I've ever had. You know what, Tom? I'm glad you realized that after the spring game. But the truth is, I knew it last year. Mm-hmm. Mid-season. And we've been talking about it on this show since last year mid-season. That's your most versatile piece. You should move him around. He can really make you multiple in a number of ways. Also, I like the tight end position. We talked about that, how that's going to be key as the uh, the bridge between the pro uh, pro concepts and the spread philosophy for his pro spread offense. And you saw Reese Latow and, and Andrew Beck basically give Texas the ability to shift between 11 personnel 
10 personnel and you put him out in the slot uh, or 20 personnel where you basically put that guy in the backfield as an H-back or whatever. Functional that, pieces. You know what I mean? You just move yeah. them around and boom, instantly you got a mismatch somewhere. You got to figure out where it is, but instantly you got a mismatch somewhere. Uh, I saw that. So I'm starting to see some tent poles with the offense that I really liked. We knew the running game was going to be bad, and it was bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the running back is as uh, – it probably is as bereft of talent as it's been since before Mac Brown. you got to go back mm-hmm. to the Mac Brown before you had a running back that is this Pre-Ricky. void of explosive, dynamic talent. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, maybe I even Hodges maybe, Mitchell had some. Hodges t- Mitchell yeah, yeah, was a beast. What maybe pre- no, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he was a beast. Pre Bucky Godbolt on the forty acres. You gotta go back before Matt. You gotta go back before, before Ricky. Mac-a-vick. Before Ricky, because Macavick's backfields were loaded. Bucky recruited some backs. Yeah. Priest Holmes and Sean Ricky Brown and Sean Mitchell and Ricky Williams. Dude, Dwayne McGarity was in that damn backfield where they moved him out. They didn't have room for him. Those backfields were loaded. You got to go way, but, way but back had to like not Acres, days. maybe, before you had a back. And Acres are winning games. I don't know when you had a backfield. That yeah, David McWilliams talent. even had Eric Metcalf. Dude, this backfield <laughs> is, I'm sorry, it's the, it is the least talented position on the 40 Acres, and it ain't even close. Punter and kicker, more talented than running back right now. It ain't even close. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. So that's partly what you're dealing with, too, but we already knew that. Um, defense, they're going to be great up front in the front seven. We already knew that. The defensive backs, they're going to be a, a group that's so deep because now you got those youngsters coming in, and, and two of them were hurt, so we didn't get a chance to look at them. And P.J. Locke was hurt, too. And they still looked pretty damn good Man, did you with, see their, the, with four possible like guys in rotation out. Did you see the play B.J. Foster made where he read that deep ball mm. and got from the middle of the field to Mike, the boundary? I thought about you because I thought about you and your Michael Griffin comparison. It was exactly yeah. the Michael Man. Griffin play it was. I thought about you. Like, and I like, brought that up on there. I was like, my, my Jeff Howe already mentioned it. He's a Michael Griffin guy. That's Michael Griffin. So you had Devontae Davis in the play, right? Devontae Davis was Anthony out. Anthony Cook was out. Had a tight hamstring. Caden uh, Stearns was Kane out. Stearns was and out. And P.J. Locker out. Those are four guys you could argue are going to be your top seven or eight. They're among. Best they're in the DBs, mix, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe your top eight best DBs, and and four of them were out. And that secondary, like that secondary, looks pretty damn good. Actually, I, up against the yeah. most, the most the, the most talented position, the deepest position uh, that Texas has right now in the wide receiver position. So I, I don't know. I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, I was right. like, okay. This is exactly what I thought. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. Thank you, Spring Game. Yeah. And that's why yeah. like, you just really look forward to seeing like how you, you talked about the battles you used to have with Roy Williams and wide receiver and corners. And then like that's true. when you get to see this field and see, like, oh, well, little Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, they look, even DuVernay, at times you saw the tools that you see that make them elite. Yet, like you were saying, the DBs that aren't even maybe your best DBs were playing well against them. So it just intrigues me to see how that's going to grow over the next six months and where that goes. Right. I, I want to read, go back to my spring game primer I posted last week on the site at horse247.com. I did a three things I know, three things I think column going into the spring game. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to go down the things I know. I know yeah. the offensive line will get better. It's a work in progress, but there's a lot of peak. Don't know Calvin Anderson, no Patrick Hudson. Uh, it's going to get better. The, take a snapshot of where it is right now. It's going to be much better. And I think we all can see. But I, I wrote that the individual pieces have improved, and I think we saw that in certain spots. Herb you can tell Denzel Okafor looked better. You could yeah. tell Derek Kerstetter's improved. Elijah yeah. Rodriguez has gotten better. You know, you still got a lot of work to do with the group as a whole, but it's getting better. Um one of the other things I know, if you're going to watch one player, keep an eye on Malcolm Roach. And I think we all saw Malcolm Roach at 265 pounds or whatever playing that rover position. Uh, right, he's a difference maker, man. He's He man, completely he's a has a, the ability to completely change yeah. the outlook of your fronts based on the small sample we saw. Yeah. You know, Jeff McCullough had three sacks. Nobody, There's nobody in this program right now one-on-one that can block Brecken Hager. Nope. <laughs> Agreed. In a scrimmage situation, yeah. nobody can handle Yeah, he's feeling himself. Um, yeah. The third thing I said that I know, I know the staff has a better handle on personnel tied in the wide receiver. I think we all clearly saw that with mm-hmm. how involved those guys were. Here are the things I think. I think the quarterbacks are going to look better, but they won't blow anyone away. Saturday That's night. That's exactly what happened. The quarterbacks, you can see improvement, away. but it's not yep. like, wow, we got a Heisman winner on our hands. No, it's. No, nope. we're confident those guys can both run the offense and make plays. There's yeah. a little worry yeah. early in the game just with missing just in that first quarter a couple of balls, but then it got better well, as it went on. No, no, I'll agree with you. I think 
early on, if you want to be really nitpicky here, Sam Ellinger potentially threw a pick in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Chris Boyd just dropped it. Then remember the deep, that? two deep so balls. So I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are the fade. Uh, they missed deep yeah. balls. John Burt had two balls that were missed deep on mm-hmm. him. And little Jordan Humphrey was open that was deep it. on that Chris Boyd breakup. But he was coming back. He, you know, I mean, he was he was actually beat, but he actually made a really good play on the ball because the ball was thrown too late. So there were four or five deep balls that Texas should have connected on. And when you think about what Texas offense is going to be, you got to have those. Mm-hmm. You got to have those. You you can't afford to miss John Burt deep or Lil Jordan Humphrey deep. Those are going to be the things you got to cash in on those explosive plays. And you can't have turnovers. Well, when the Texas won a turnover margin last year, what were they six I and think four and one when they. Four and one when they won the turnover battle. I think they were like one and one five and without it. Or yeah, something. you know what I mean, something like that. There you go. You got to win the turnover margin. You can't have turnovers either. And Sam, I think they fumbled a snap at one point. I know I'm being nitpicky, but no, that's how Texas is going to be able to compete for the Big Twelve. They can't have those types of mistakes. They can't right. beat themselves. The one great thing though from the quarterbacks, like when we were talking about those throws, all those throws. The issue was just the final execution of the throw. It wasn't as if they're seeing something wrong, making no, 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 bad no, decisions. Right. Yeah. So it's a huge step. Now, it's also worrisome that when somebody's open, you want to be able to have confidence that your guy's going to always hit an open guy. So you would like to see something better than that. But I would rather have that than the quarterback making bad decisions, bad reads no that question. start off flawed than where you're at. So that's a good side of seeing it this way. So, Rob, the two other things that I wrote under the I think portion, the running game will leave something to be desired. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing was the January and Rollies will generate the most buzz following the game. I don't know if that necessarily happened, but what we it saw did. from B.J. Foster, um, Ryan Bashevsky as a punter, I think we can we see there's there's some signs there that he can make a difference in a field position game. It's not gonna it shouldn't be expected to be as consistent as Michael Dixon was because let's face it, probably the best punter any of us in here have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never seen one level. better. I don't think I've ever don't seen care. one better yes. than that. Yeah, I agree with you. College football, I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest punters of all time. We don't talk about punters, but that's the truth. And that resurrection if, if he was, story. If it was a running back that had accomplished what he accomplished, he we'd be you right. know, singing their praises, but it's a punter. It's like, oh, yeah, he, uh, is anybody going to write an article at Horns 24-7 about him being top 10 greatest punters in the history of college football? No. Maybe. Even though he is. But nobody's going to bother right. to do the research. Yeah. No. <laughs> and Jeff, I right. challenge you, do the research. And look how great he's going to be remembered because the first month of yeah. Michael Dixon. Like, Hell, no. Texas that. fans wanted to kill him because of what happened at home. It was I remember that. Yeah. He so decided like, to run the foot. Yeah. Well, you had a couple just bad brain farts and drops punt or drop snaps. Yeah, but you know why the brain farts came? Because yeah. that was like his second year ever from America. Football. Yes. <laughs> in Texas, like in a hundred, yeah. like ever. He had never, he had never, we, he had never played organized football. He had just only punted from. Twice. Good and we boot. talked about it at the time, just how amazing it was that you had this kid coming over just from Australia, and then here's a yeah. hundred thousand people yelling at you. Okay. That's why it's good for Bruschevsky to get here in the spring and at least experience a game-like yeah, situation before true. he punts uh, in that. a game. But, you know, you look at the other enrollees. Uh, I mentioned the play B.J. Foster made. I thought Deli Adaway made a made a nice yeah, statement for himself. So, I mean, there's – this freshman class, man, it is a it is a really really talented group. Yeah. Will you pronounce that and name not again? Even here yet. Just because <laughs> I so I can maybe learn it. Delhi, the first name he just goes by Delhi. Delhi. Just goes by Delhi. Delhi. That's easy. Okay. Delhi Adaway. 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 All right. Delhi Adaway. It sounds easy, yeah. yeah it's like once you, say, something. once you say Giannis Antetokounmpo, yes. and you say it right for the first time, it's like, oh, actually, I can say it. And, and yeah, oddly, his teammate is Delhi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rod, anything else stand out to you in the spring game? Like I said, I just wanted to hit the this week's been hitting kind of the highs, um, lows, whatever. Anything good, bad, or indifferent stand out to you in the spring? Game? Uh, well, I mean, you got to figure out something with your running game. I mean, that's <laughs> to me the biggest project now. There were, like I said, there are te- things that I noticed that. I think are staples in the pro spread offense. Look at that tight end position and how they want to really utilize it. Now if they have Reese Laytow and Andrew Beck there, that's considered a strength of the team now. Go look at how they use those guys. Those guys were in the backfield. Those guys were flexed. Those guys were on the line of scrimmage. Those guys were out in the slot. Like They used those guys a lot. And you get Cade Brewer back in the fall, Ooh, too. Exactly. Right? So Tom Herman Which really— Which I heard Cade Brewer's about 250, 260 now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Those guys, they look good like that. Like, I, yeah. I was like, Reese Laytow, I thought he was— 
thinner than that. He's no, no, already, he's decades. He's thick, Ooh. man. You know what I mean? So, it only took a decade to fix the tight end position, but hey, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Arrow's finally like pointing that. up, like man. Uh, but that's what I like. I like that that you know that's uh, kind of a, a staple of the pro spread offense for Tom Herman, and he's going to make sure that he you know reinvigorates that position. That is the as we pointed out, that is the connection between the pro right. and the spread. Bridges uh, the gap. Exactly. The quarterbacks. Man, we got four quarterbacks, scholarship quarterbacks. It's been a while. I mean, it's been, what, 2012 was the last time you had four scholarship you know quarterbacks? The, you know the last time you had four who the four were? If, I, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering this right. Was it 2012? Well, there's been a couple times. You had 2012. It 2012, was 2009, David, 2007. David Ash, Case McCoy, Connor Brewer, Jalen Overstreet. There you go. And hmm. then there was a time where you had four, and the four were Tyrone Swoops, Gerard Hurd, Kyle Loxley, Matthew Merrick. Yeah. Now you have you got first world problems at quarterback for a change. You've, you've you know what I mean? upgraded just a little bit. Yeah, you got first world problems. You got you know, and that's why Tom Herman. I heard I saw your tweet. He you know on the conference call he won't announce who a starting quarterback is. Oh, I haven't even thought about who the starting quarterback is going to be. Oh yeah, you've thought about it. All right, it's about the worst kept secret in Austin, <laughs> Texas. It'll <laughs> like, figure okay, itself out. Hey, you don't know who the quarterback is. All right, coach. Yeah, just like yeah, we just like we all knew that little Jordan Humphrey was a playmaker before you did. It's just the fans are a little bit ahead of the coaches, and that's fine. But I think he knows who the starting quarterback is. He knows it's Sam Ellinger. And but the fact is, you have a first world problem at quarterback, like you had when Chris Sims and Major Applewhite were fighting it out or Vince Young and Chance Mock were fighting it out. You don't have the Case McCoy, David Ash quarterback competition no. or the Tyrone Swoops, Gerard Hurd quarterback oh, competition. Man, come a exactly. long way from that so one. I think that is a step in the right direction too. And honestly, I don't know nobody's going to like this. You know, that offensive line was worn out because they were going with both, you know, orange and white teams. They had eight scholarship guys rolling in. You know, in I saw of. some improvement on the interior on the offensive line. Uh, man, I, I think that's where, that's where your strength is. I mean, you got Shackelford, that's where you got Vahe, Elijah Rodriguez was playing. I there. love the fact that Herb Hand, and, and anybody that has a chance to watch, I know some people have their opinions of LHN, and we've dogged LHN on yeah. this show. But the all-access was really interesting because it. you get exactly. a little glimpse of the times <laughs> where I got to watch Herb Hand work with the offensive line yeah. this spring. And there was a piece in there in the all-access where he said, okay, everybody's a, everybody's a left guard today. They're doing individuals. Everybody's Ooh. a left guard. So we're all going to work on skip pulls to the right. That's Belichickian right yeah. there. That's, so he wants, like to, he, he wants to see everybody's skip pull. So, Rod, I just love the fact that, you know, Todd Orlando did this on defense, and he reiterated it when I asked him about depth uh, the last time he was available. I guess it was the Thursday before the spring game. And he said, we're still in a situation where we just want our four best linebackers to where if somebody goes down, I don't want to say you're the backup rover, you're in. It might be, hey, you're the backup B backer, so we'll put you in at B, but B, you go to rover because you're really – so that way you've got your best linebackers on the field at all times. This is why Malcolm Roach is big. Exactly. That's where I think Herb Hand's trying to get the off. Not I think I know that's where he's trying to get the offensive line to. To where if if Zach something happens to Zach Shackelford, he doesn't want to say, okay, who's my backup center? He says, no, Derek Kerstetter, you go from right tackle to center. Denzel Okafor, you go from backup left tackle to now you're the starting right tackle. Yeah, to take it back to Connor Williams, I think that's why now what used to be a negative in his critique now has become more of a positive. It's like he can play four positions on the Mm -hmm. offensive line. I heard some scout say that the other day. I was like, oh, back two months ago, it was like we don't know what he's going to play guard or tackle but now people are looking at it how the Cowboys are kind of looking at it. they signed Cameron Fleming to switch tackle from the Patriots mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean they're, they're, they got Lyle Collins who can play guard or tackle that's I think where offensive line is going period yeah, yeah. it should be you know what I mean and what you're saying right there is more telling of the person viewing it that way than necessarily because we'll find out once the draft happens how these other teams view it because how you're saying it's a strength and you look at like Texas if you were to have uh, how you compart instead of having your multiplicity have a car- compartmentalized backup centered that is obvious drop off yeah. if you now don't have that safety net to come in now you have that glaring hole that's going to be exploited over and over and over and when you yeah. talk about lack of depth and all those things this is just like in baseball where a guy like Marwin Gonzalez for that Astros last year was so invaluable because no matter which batter, which you know position, first base or third base or outfield or a lefty or a righty, he's a switch. He can be that guy that backs yep. up and fills it. So then your fill-in guy, what used to be maybe a guy you were afraid to play or weren't even going to play and then mm-hmm. was forced into injury and now is a cavernous hole that the defense is going to 
constantly exploit. Yep. Instead, you're still pretty good. You're serviceable there, and if you have a lot of these guys that fill that net, it just gives you that multiplicity, and we, that's why we talk about how much we love Muschamp and why Muschamp's right. defenses have the ability against different opponents to always be successful because they sort of just go and mix and be able to, I don't know, meld together at what the opponent is doing against them. Yeah. Rod, something I want to throw at you real quick that I just thought of. Is it almost where you have to – and we've seen the Cowboys do this a little bit with the way they value their offensive line. Yeah. Where Zach They're thinking Mar- about drafting another one this year. Right, where Zach is – I mean, if the, if the best player – I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I've paid a lot of attention to the Cowboys draft. I mean, if the best player that falls to them, if they stay at 19, I mean, if Will Hernandez falls to them and he's the best player on their board, then why you not? Take him. Yeah. Um, but – Aside from that, you, you've seen them do this with Zach Martin. Zach Martin can play really anywhere up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lyle Collins is a guy that's a tackle or a guard. Uh, Travis Frederick could play center or guard. Yep. Is it almost where, and I know I'm talking about the NFL level, but you take it back to college and we heard, you know, we've heard Tom Herman and Todd Orlando talk about, hey, you know, Basically, you think about guys Alabama's had like Tank Cody and guys like that, or Mount yeah. Cody, guys that so the, the three hundred and fifty pound yeah. nose is a thing of the past because with tempo offenses and and the need for versatility mm-hmm. on your defense mm-hmm. to combat these offenses, you can't. So is it almost the same offensive line wise? Where now you're not looking for you think about some of those offensive linemen Oklahoma had like Duke Robinson, just a big sloppy you know mm-hmm. three hundred and fifty yeah, pound guys, big space taking up space. Right, you almost it, yeah. have to have space to have news. a situation where you have to start identifying as much versatility mm-hmm. as possible with your offensive line yep. because that's what now you're starting to see across from you and. I don't want to pick on him, but a guy like Patrick Vahe, like your 230-pound, like or your 320-pound, like mm-hmm. road grading mauler left guard, that guy's starting to get phased out in fa- in favor of you know a guy like Zach Martin who yep. has a lot more versatility, mm-hmm. more reach, yeah. uh, has the ability to reach block great feet. So basically, yeah, yeah you're just combating yeah. versatility with well, versatility. Let's not, let's not just take it to the Cowboys, take it to the Texans too. Another organization also in the state of Texas that our fans uh, listen care about. Uh-huh. They just signed, because they're upgrading on the offensive line, just signed Senio Calamente, uh-huh. um, who is a tackle, I believe, but he can play both tackle positions. And they signed Zach Fulton, a guard who played at Kansas City, who can play guard and center. So I don't think it's just, I think that the Cowboys kind of led the way by investing draft high draft capital in these guys early on. I think everybody now in the Patriots, we mm-hmm. know that because Cameron Fleming came from the Patriots, uh, and he was, he was playing right tackle and left tackle that you you know versatility has got to be a it's got to be an asset for anybody and for for someone to say that oh we don't know if this guy is a linebacker or a safety and consider that to be a criticism Hmm. uh, something negative rather than a positive in this day and age in football to me is like ludicrous it's like what what are you talking about it's like Shaquem Griffin right the one-handed player like Mm -hmm. we don't know if he's a linebacker could be a safety it's like well that's actually I love that. That's yeah. great. I love the I mean, back up both positions. You know who's going to have a hard time identifying him as a safety or a linebacker? The quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who is, <laughs> <laughs> that he's a he's across from. He's like, is that guy a linebacker? See what the hell is he doing? Yeah. So I I don't I think now people are starting to figure that out. That that's a that's a that's an asset. And yeah. I mean, it's the negative. same thing every single night when you've been watching the NBA playoffs the last few Honey weeks. For I mean, the Texans. We, we were yeah, talking yeah. just yeah. what two years ago, Jeff, about a son Whiteside hundred million dollar contract. He's getting ran off the court because of Ursan Elias. Sova because they'll go yeah. small at center when Embiid's exactly. injured, and now you can't even play your hundred. Yeah. And that's an athletic, fast seven footer, yeah. and he's still too slow for the game. And it's the same. He, and he can't get up and down the court yeah. fast enough. Uh, yeah. By the time he gets down there, they already scoring, and he has to run back. And it's the same thing he's saying that with these modern offense and these linemen, yeah. and you're running a tempo and hurry up. Like exactly. you're just trying and lugging. They're sitting there waiting yeah. for homeboy to get into his and stance. It's like, oh, that big man's tired. Let's run the dive right and at it, him, it, please. Exactly. Can we do that? So, and it's like the guy that's 50 pounds less than him and not as strong. Well, you know what? We're on our 12th play on this drive. You done anyway. It don't well, matter. Exactly. Could, Matt Butler could block you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're winded at that point. Exactly, and then yeah. when you see like a big guy like that get played off of the field, it's just befuddling when you look at it. But it really makes total sense when you put together the entire gameplay of each one. And they can still be very valuable in certain matchups and be a rosterable spot. It's just not that, that it's a necessity. The necessity is almost to be versatile first then to be that one specialized tool you can still have that specialized tool just might not be used as much rod i'm not just saying this because we saw him 
punch in a couple touchdowns, but getting back to the Texas run game, when you talk about you've got to figure something out. Yeah, man. And, and I know they're bringing in Trey Watson from Cal. They brought him in on, a, on, a, yeah, on an official that visit. That would be great and, if he can come in. But the, I think the thing Texas is a little worried about is he's about to go to LSU, and LSU has a pressing need for running backs. So, I mean, now you're competing with another program. But the bottom line is – I don't. You're, you're not. And we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. So, like you said, Rob, this isn't a surprise. I mean, there's not. You know, Jamal Charles or Cedric Benson's not walking through that door between now and September first. Mm-hmm, not happening. So you got to make do with what you got. And until we see something from Keontae Ingram, there you go. Uh, Little Jordan Humphrey's probably the most explosive playmaker you've got from the backfield. And Tom Harmon seemed a little uh, put off by the, the questions from the media. A little. Okay, uh, man. He was let me tell you what it. happened. This is the one. It, this was the one post game. The one post game availability I yeah. didn't go to because it was a deal where you know the way our site structure, Bobby didn't write, so I had to have mine like yeah. up immediately. And I, I told I told Chip, I said, Chip, you just go down there. I was like, I'll stay up here and I'll finish this and make sure everything's functioning. And then, but I heard <laughs> it. They piped it into yeah. the press box. And I heard it, and uh, I believe it was Brian Davis from the Statesman that asked the mm-hmm. question about you know your goal line run game. Should they be able to? I, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to ascribe something to Brian that he didn't say, but it was yeah. like, you know, shouldn't your running game, if it's improved, be able to, to punch it in from there with that you know yep. within three tries? Exactly. And uh, yeah, Tom Herman was not pleased at all. He was, you know, of the opinion he was offended almost. Yeah, it pretty much, like he yeah. Was offended. Yeah, but I, just my you know. And I'll paraphrase here. He said, "Do you think three plays really?" Describe sums up what we've been able to do this spring. Uh, I thought so. And he started asking a media question. He asked that question to like members of the media. Yeah, yeah. He asked it to Anwar. I think he asked it to Chip. Asked to a lot of guys. My I, I want to hear it. Of course it does. I mean, you couldn't punch it in from there. And remember last year, Sam Ellinger was trying to punch it in because no running backs could punch <laughs> it in. He fumbles on the goal line with uh, versus USC. Also, you have to throw it versus Oklahoma State on the goal line because you don't have confidence your running game can do it. And Sam throws a pick. Mm-hmm. These are things that relate. I know, like he gets offended by it because we overanalyze, and of yeah, course, we overanalyze it. Yeah, but. No, no, no. It was a valid point. Like, I agree. They put Lil' Jordan, and he, he actually did punch it in. The yeah. way the other guys could not. No, it's a valid point. Yeah, I think that one could be engineered differently because I could easily see, though, Herman accurately saying that, oh, yeah, we didn't punch it in. That doesn't mean we haven't improved the run game. Like, those three, I totally understand where he would be coming from in that situation, just being like, oh, yeah, you're using those three-play sample as a way to define what I said as inaccurate. I would say that I would probably have the same reaction, but that's where everybody it has a different fake, opinion. It wasn't fake news. Yeah. I think he tried to make it out to ah, be fake see, news. I didn't take it. I didn't see I think the, he tried that. to make it out to be like it was fake news. Like, oh, we, we did that because we were experimenting. It's like, no, you couldn't punch it. In. Well, and you see, could not punch it in. That's yeah. where you the wouldn't qu- have punched it in. That would have been the big story. No, but the that's where the question. That you couldn't punch it in. If I, you say that question though, like you can easily say, uh, "How has the running game improved?" And if that's what your question wants to be, not being like, "If you did, weren't able to get a play in here," and then it totally sort of over, overrules you say, the you point. You get the answer to the question without him thinking about. That play that you actually have in mind specifically, right. and that's what Brian Davis wants to yeah. do. And instead of answering the question, he was offended by the question, which lets me <laughs> that's know funny. if you're offended by something, it, it hits home. It's yes. personal. Oh yeah, means you've been thinking about it. You you actually hurt by it. If I don't get offended by things that I don't give a damn about. And you're like, Usually, no, 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 our running game has improved. We're done. I have that, we, that was part of our yeah. improved running game. He didn't say that. He was like, well, you think that's indicative of a, of a running game? You think it's indicative of, well, 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 yeah. some, it's indicative of something? <laughs> I well, and I would say I think it, the testiness okay. may come from a lack of patience overall with He's just questions. He's upset about the running game. is as upset as we are. That's yes. the point. Yeah. He's upset about right. it, too. Yeah. And that's he's trying to act uh, like yeah. it ain't nothing. It's like, no, dog, your, your running game sucks. Your running game is terrible. It's horrible. It mm-hmm. is really, really bad. Historically bad. And he won't admit it. And and that is upsetting members of the media. He won't admit it publicly, yeah. but I think behind the scenes, he like Tom Herman knows. Yeah, you're I haven't been around Tom Herman very long, but I, I've come to know that if it's a topic he doesn't want to answer, he'll give you like a one or two word answer to a question. Like mm-hmm. after the Iowa State mm-hmm. game, when I asked him why he started Derek Kerstetter instead of Denzel Okafor, his answer was he played better. There <laughs> you go. And come to find out, I dug them. a yeah. little bit yeah. into it and come to find out they were not happy with Denzel Okafor. He didn't have a very good week. Exactly. And so they benched him. And they weren't happy with that situation. Yeah. So there's always something to it. I've never heard Tom Herman be this combative, but I, I exactly. think it's because in the heat of the moment, he knows the running game was terrible. Bad. It's almost like him saying, look, I don't need you to remind me That's how bad, bad we are running the football yeah. right now. 
I can clearly tell. I'm yeah. not an idiot. Yeah. Like, I think that's I'm kind of. Guy. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think the question was just sort of pointless. I don't have, no, I don't have a problem with the question at all. Because I got a column that's yeah, yeah, yeah. boss, and now I got to ask the question. There's nothing wrong with the question. I agree with you, but you're right. Because we all know it's the most obvious thing about this damn team is that they have no running game. Like mm-hmm. it is a bad running game. You got a bad running game in the Big Twelve, dude. It ain't like the Big Twelve is full of like bosses in the front seven. Right. So yeah, I mean I agree with that. And I think the the fact that you're what's amplifying the problem is you don't have a game breaker running back, and your offensive <laughs> lines a work in progress. So you're when you're above average, or you're below average at best in both those areas. You're gonna have a below average at best running game. Sam Ergen led the team in rushing yards again in the spring game. So Which is exactly like exactly yeah. what happened last year. It's yeah. like, okay, this is the same offense from last year. And I think that upsets him a little bit. But I think the passing game is going to be better. I think the wide receivers are going to be better, which offers the question. We can talk about it next podcast. Are you going to start using the pass game to open up the run game? Or are you going to, have to be one of those teams until Keontae Ingram, you know, and Trey Watson, if he comes over here, until they come of age and they, they gain some confidence? Are you going to do that to win games? Because your wide receiver mm-hmm. right now, that's your position. You got to get the ball. You got to yeah. get the ball in their hands because mm-hmm. those are your playmakers. If now you're giving it to these guys in the backfield, dude, you're going to lose games. I guarantee. You I get can't to believe those guys in the wide receiver unit. You're going to win games. I can't believe I'm about to say this. That's I simple. would I would rather have the ball in the hands of Andrew Beck or Reese Lato on a critical down than just about anybody at running back. Right so now. when we get to, so I wonder you're going to have more play action on first down. You're going to have more quick, uh, high percentage passes on first down. More rhythm passes on first down just to you know get the ball in the hands of your playmakers who are in the receiving unit rather than trying to you know establish the running game let that be an extension of the running game and then let the running game feed off the passing game which is a risk because your quarterback situation is not necessarily that solidified you know what right. i mean we will so, get yeah. uh more more question. in depth into the spring game next week also we'll reset the draft recap it uh, once we know where all these lifetime Longhorns are going, anybody that signs free agent contracts, oh, you know, the Jason Halls, the Antoine Davises, mm-hmm. the, the Chris Warrens of the world. The Armonte Foremans uh, of the world. Foreman that are looking in that to conversation maybe, too. Sign, maybe get a get a camp look mm-hmm. from somebody this uh, late this Nicholson? spring. Maybe, his he, size is he's, so he's got it. He's got to bring it, up his size. He's got to at least be a camp Right, because he's somebody. what, six Six, six eight. Yeah, dude. I've heard <laughs> scouts just say, I heard y'all got a six seven guy coming out. It's not gonna get drafted. I was like, Yeah, he's there. He's, he's like that a mountain known Game of Thrones. Off the bus <laughs> guy that they talk <laughs> like, about. Can, he, can the mountain block somebody or is he only killing people? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well we'll uh we'll wasn't Andre look. the Giant with the football team once? He was. Yes. Well, cause he, that size, you you're a scout, you go, I'll 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 give you a spot on the roster if you want to come come play football. I mean, you got to. Only stupid not to do that. Mark Henry, I'm sure got a spot in the roster when he yeah, was think about that. Like, okay, you want to you want to play some football? Think about a modern coach telling Andre the Giant that oh, you just don't fit the modern game, man. You can't get up and down. <laughs> he, he probably played too high. I can say his pad level sucked. I say Andre the Giant's pad level was terrible, yes. terrible. But he was a damn giant. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thanks for everything. You're man. more than welcome, Rod. Thanks for the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in a podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network, 1049 Horn AM 1260, the Horn app, hornfm.com, where you can hear Rod be on the Rodcast each and every weekday. Same with three. And thanks to Matt, you get us on iTunes, TuneIn, any podcast app out there, and you can get all of our archives, interviews, everything else, all the good stuff on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.